Hello, and welcome to the Sunnydale Diaries, a podcast where we will be discussing Buffy the Vampire Slayer from two very different points of view. I am Sean. With me is Melanie. Hello. I have been a fan of Buffy since, not when it originally started, but about a year later, since 1998. Um, watched the show religiously when it was on. I tried to never have to work on a Tuesday evening so that I could watch the show live. And Melanie, uh, how much have you seen of Buffy? I have not. And I can remember when it first came. I know, I think it was Angel was on. It used to be on while I was getting ready for work. And it was just so cheesy to me. And so avoided it. And Melanie and I have known each other for almost 12 years now. And in that 12 years, I have been trying to get her to watch Buffy. And other than maybe one episode here and there, it just hasn't happened. So I know about that. I think I watched the first episode now four times. Well, for this episode, for the for the podcast. I was tempted to watch Buffy four times. <laughs> but now we're going to get through the whole series. That's the goal. Seven seasons, over 100 episodes. A lot. Are you ready? It's an ambitious goal. Yes. I am ready to be sarcastic for seven seasons. Oh, that, that, that is fine. This is why we're doing this. Two different viewpoints. Okay. Um, so I... I, I did not watch Buffy when it first started. There's an episode in the first season with an invisible girl that I just happened to have on TV one day when I was flipping through the channels. And I thought, oh, yeah, this looks good. And then I kind of forgot about it. And then summer of 98, right after season two ended, I found the rerun, reruns on the WB and watched those, recorded them on my, on my VCR. And watched them over and over and over again. And then from season three on, I watched it live. So when the show first started, March of 1997, what were you doing? That's a long time ago. It is a long time ago. I had just graduated from grad school. And so I was just getting a real job, my first real job. And I think that's about it. I was still living up in the college town where I got my degree. And I had no clue what was on TV at that point. I was just living my little career life and uh, being an adult. All right. And for me, I was somewhere in between my sophomore and junior year. I was an orientation leader at college. Got to show the kids around, uh, around the campus and help them register for classes. I was working at a supermarket. Good stuff. And... Um, I watched a lot of the shows on the, the WB. I feel like that time. you were the right demographic for the WB at that time. Yeah. And I was not. Uh, so what, what else? Yeah, what else was Dawson's on the WB? Charmed, I think, started in 98. Um, I actually wrote a, an article for my high school paper when WB first started about like basically reviewing the, the shows that were initially on there. None of them were good. And I don't think they lasted like six months. How long was the WB around? I think the WB started in 95. And I think it merged with, what was that? UPN in 2000. Another good one. Yeah. I don't know if you know this, but Buffy actually went from the WB to UPN in its last two seasons. Now you know. 
And uh, yeah, they merged. I think that was like around 2006. And then that became the CW, which also has an interesting uh, class of shows. I have watched some CW shows and they are definitely of their own category, I would say. I I think we are out of their uh, demographic for those shows. So for you, since, yeah, you're watching it now, you know, almost 20, 25, 26 years later, do you think it's going to be different for you as opposed to me who was watching it mostly in real time? For sure. Why do you think it's going to be different? I think like you, you associate it with a certain time of your life. And like you said, like where you said it was, you were the demographic at that time of that network, those kinds of shows. And so it's got different associations, like an emotional connotation for you. For me, I'm just looking back at the a cheesy vampire show with a pretty bad production. And uh... all right, you're watching the first the pilot. Well, not really the pilot because there wasn't on the air pilot. But you're watching the first episode, right? The effects get better. You have told me that the first episode, and I have read this as well, the, or the first season is hard to get through. And even for me, who's you know watched the show through you know more than once, the first season's not my favorite. Mm. I, I read an article recently that ranked all the seasons, and it had number one as the best, and I was surprised and did not agree with that. Mm. Uh, it is cheesy in the first season. You know the effects aren't good. The something that I noticed when I was rewatching the first episode, just the the way they talk, like what's the sitch? I mean. I, I was about their age. I never used that phrase. Like it's older people writing a script, trying to get, you know, get with kids. Yes. You know, talk like the kids do. And that's not how the kids talk. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So another thing I wanted to ask you about, Joss Whedon now, you know, in 2023, we know that there's been some uh, problematic issues that have, you know, become a uh, people have found out about and do you think that's going to affect the way that you're watching the show it's really interesting because yes and, and so and also is it nicholas brendan yes nicholas brendan and who else is in this show that i was i was thinking about yeah so now i look at these people that are involved in this show and knowing issues they've all had it definitely colors my perception of the show that's going on and we yeah so we were going to talk about that like how do you separate the art from the artist and i don't know it's complicated kind of like listening to michael jackson music you know i mean do you feel guilty no i guess you know i mean joss whedon writes great female characters and he always has i don't know does that are you trying to excuse what he's doing no right or you know that what's come to light i mean you have to give credit where credit is due. He wrote wrote some great characters. Well, and as as you know, as you were there when I got it, I have a, a tattoo with a quote from Buffy. And knowing that he wrote the episode, he wrote that line. Mm-hmm. You know, when I sat out about everything had gone down, you know, it's like, do I do I want to keep this on my body? But you know, kind of like how you were saying before about how this show means something to me. I, I even though he wrote it. I got this quote because of what happened at that moment in the episode and what that means to me. So for that, I think I am able to separate the art from the artist, but 
overall, you know, that definitely is in the back of my mind when I'm rewatching it. Yeah. So before we dive into the first episode, let's talk about, you know, the, the true origins of Buffy, starting with the movie. She was born in a log cabin. No. One girl. Yeah. In all the world. <laughs> um, did you see the original movie with Christy Swanson and Luke Perry? I sure did. I saw it a long time ago. I don't think I saw it in the theater, but I've I've seen it a few times. In fact, I just watched it last week. Oh. Again. Okay. That's why we were doing this. Right. Cool. I uh, I didn't see it in the theater. I know I definitely watched it probably soon after it came out on video. I enjoyed it. I mean, it was a cheesy comedy. Mm-hmm. You had to go into it knowing it's a cheesy comedy. Do you think people did? when the mo- Was the movie successful when it came out? I Actually, that's funny you say that because I was just watching Death Becomes Her, which came out the same weekend, and it did much better than Buffy did. I don't believe that the Buffy movie was successful. I just looked it up on Rotten Tomatoes and it had a 36% for critics and a 43% audience score. So that is not great. That's fair. It had some moments. I did enjoy uh, Paul Rubin's character. I think a lot of people at the time did say that too, if I remember correctly, that it was like a crappy movie. But but Paul Rubin's. Yes. Yeah. I mean, it definitely it made me laugh. Yeah. But did not have an effect of, you know, almost 30 years later. Oh, I need to watch that movie all the time. It's, it just, it's just not that good. It also had, uh, who else was in it? Uh, Luke Perry. Luke Perry, I think. Luke Perry. Uh, David Arquette. Yes. Hillary Swank. Hillary yes. Swank? Yes, Pelly, one of Buffy's little cheerleader friends. Ben Affleck was one of the basketball players right. the uh, at the game. And, and a few popular actors. And the guy who plays her watcher. Can't think of his name right now. Donald Sutherland. Yes, Donald Sutherland. Yes, that was an interesting role for him. Yeah. He, he's also in like another figure movie of mine from the 90s, Outbreak, where he plays a very different character. Uh, yeah. Yes. He's a he's a, like a military, like a high up general, and he's just a dick. Very different <laughs> than being, being a watcher. Uh, yeah. Um, but do, do you think that the movie is canon? Do you think, based on that, the events that happen in the movie, do they spill over into the show? So there is something in the first episode where the principal is talking with Buffy on her first day about, you know, her her record. And she says, and they make reference to her burning down the gymnasium. They don't mention the name of the school. They don't mention vampires. Just that she burned down the gymnasium. But I do think that is their nod to the movie. Yeah. And I don't know. You, you'll have to tell me since you know more. Do they bring it up again? You know, I don't. Very, very vague. Like, they bring up that Buffy was in L.A. Like, there's definitely one flashback scene a couple of seasons down the road. Um, and she's in L.A. and very much a different character. You know, more valley girl. And uh, but other than that, they really don't. And other than her saying, I, I had to burn down that chamber. It was full of vampires. Asbestos. Right. That's, you know, that's really it. They so. really do kind of introduce, I don't want to get too far ahead of yeah. ourselves here, but they do kind of just present us with the fact that, oh, she's a slayer. Yeah. Very quickly and matter-of-factly in the first episode. And we're just left with, oh, okay, that's how it is. <laughs> mm-hmm. 
Um, there was something that we watched recently, which I had never seen, although I think I did download it off of one of those, uh, what was it called? Like LimeWire torrent site. Um, I downloaded it, but all I ever watched it was the unaired pilot. And that was rough. I um, only knew of the unaired pilot because when I was watching the first episode, of course, I had IMDb open and was looking at all the trivia, et cetera, and the cast people and saw that. And so, yes, so we watched it the other night together. And yeah, that was something. (laughs) I mean, it was good. I guess after the movie, it was a good way for Joss Whedon to do something that really represented what he was trying to do with the movie. Right. but wasn't able to. So in that way, it was good. In a general audience way of watching it, not so great. Yeah, I'm glad that they were able to reshoot it and make it longer and really kind of develop the characters a little bit because there was, I mean, I understand it's only like 30 minutes, but there was like no character development. It felt very forced. Right. And I really like Alison Hannigan as an actress. So for her, not to be in the pilot it just didn't feel right so it was interesting after we watched the pilot we watched some youtube video about it and why it didn't do well where it did well and where it didn't and so basically what it came down to was the actress they had playing willow and i feel so bad for that actress this basically we loved everything and we're going to move on with everything except for you yeah um but yeah i agree allison hannigan i i like her a lot so Good addition. Yes, she's another one you know. Kind of grew up with her. She was uh, she was in that that movie from the early nineties uh, with the alien parents. I can't think of the name right now. And yeah, you know, I have no idea. It. I think Seth Green is in it too. You've seen the movie, I'm sure. Okay, but she's in that. She's uh, she's in American Pie, which you know, like that's my you know. I feel like my gener- my my generation, even though we're the same generation. My, my main generation, like Breakfast Club. I've never seen it. Oh, my God. Um, yeah, and then How I Met Your Mother, which I really enjoyed. I'm look, looking up uh, Riff Regan now on IMDb to see what that poor girl is doing now. Oh, she was she was the Willow in the Air Pilot. She was on Blossom. Oh, I could see her in like the hat. She was in an episode of Roseanne. I wonder if that's an episode of Roseanne that Joss Whedon was involved in. Was he in it? He was a writer on Roseanne. I did not know that. How about that? I'm bringing a little for you. Thank you. So the movie that Allison Hannigan was in that you're talking about is My Stepmother is an Alien. But she was also in an episode of Roseanne. How comes it Roseanne? Amazing. I mean, you think about the number of years Roseanne was on, the number of guest stars. I guess everybody's been through on there. there. Yeah. And I also found out poor Riff has not been on anything since uh, Buffy. It ruined her. I do feel that there's that video that we watched after the pilot where they said what went wrong. They were like knocking her. Really, like, really <laughs> bad. Like, there were some other, like the the effects when the vampire died and turned, you know, into talcum powder. That, <laughs> that, 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 that was rough. Like, I think it would be better if he was just dead. I don't know if you even turned it to talcum powder. It was just kind of like they used uh, their Mac to like erase. They used the paint program and they erased him. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, I left it into the episode. Okay. So, episode one. Episode one. Welcome to the Hellmouth. The first thing that I want to talk about is the music for this episode. Okay. And how it's very generic 90s uh, rock. You know, rock. 
gets very rough. Um, but so I looked it up and um, the two main groups that were on that uh, episode were um, a band called Sprung Monkey, which I have no idea who they are or what they've done after that. But the other one is called Nerf Herder, which I had heard of for some reason. I don't know. I'll have to do some more research on that. But here, I'm about to drop a bomb on you right oh, now. Oh, One of the members of that band is Perry Grip, who as soon as I saw that, I was like, oh my gosh, I know that name. I know because that. he now does children's music. Hmm. And my niece and nephew, who are 10 and 6, Listen to his stuff all the time. No. Hug a turtle. Do you want me to sing it for you? Hug a turtle. Do, 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 do. Hug a turtle. He also does, I think it's raining tacos. Yeah. There, there's the one breakfast about, burritos song. There's one about pancakes. Yes. Pancake robot. Come and get it while yes. it's hot. Perry Grip. I never heard her. Unbelievable. Wow. I know. I don't know that. Nerf Herder came through and played in uh, St. Pete, Florida, I think like two years ago. And I don't think I went because it was in the middle of summer and too hot. But it would have been cool because I, and I think a friend of mine who went said that they did do the Buffy theme song, oh. which is cool. So I mean, not only were they, you know, mentioned it, but they did the theme song. Okay. Um, so the music, I know of when they go to the club called The Bronze, the Bronze. which I also want to talk about because. I don't know. I never, ever went to a club like that when I was in high school. Any club. But anyway, um, that band, Sprung Monkey, was the one playing uh, at that club. Mm -hmm. You know, generic 90s rock. Absolutely. So the episode starts, and there's a little liquid montage of some scary-looking events in graveyards, a big book that says Vampire, and some creepy music, and a narrator. And when I first saw this, the first thing I thought of was Tales from the Dark Side. Do you remember that show? I do remember that show. And they had a very similar, well, not not exactly, but the same idea. There was like creepy voiceover and weird graphic thing to look at. But it was just like, why is this here? What are we doing? It was on the Buffy. That's what I thought was like all right, this is weird. There's no theme song. There's no cast listing. There's no cold open to the show. It's just very strange to me. No, I agree. I think the show would have survived just fine. I think you understand what's going on in the first 15 minutes without the intro and voiceover. Breaking into the high school. Uh, the the 35-year-old breaking into the high school? Yes. He does say, I used to go here. Yeah. You know, like, you know, 20 years ago. Did you ever break into your high school or go into your um, high school after hours? No, but I did. I was a big enough nerd that even after I graduated, I used to go back to my high school during school hours because I knew I could sneak in because I still looked like I belonged there. And because I was a big nerd, I would just go hang out. No, not cool at all. So, yeah, no, I never uh, went to my school after hours, unless it was academic games or something like that. Of and, course. You know, Matt, yeah. were you an athlete? No, I did academic games. Oh. I All my friends were in the math club, and I used to go wait for them. Boy, I am just a big nerd. Yeah. <laughs> I used to just wait for them to get out of math clubs so that we could go, you know, to McDonald's or something. Gotcha. Yeah. So the, the first two people, mm -hmm. you know, it, it is a guy mm -hmm. and Julie Benz. Gross. 
why is Julie Benz? I don't know. You know, I don't think I ever knew about Julie Benz until I saw her on Dexter. Mm. And I think because I read all the Dexter books, and then I mustn't have pictured Julie Benz when I was reading those books, because when I saw her on that show, I couldn't stand her portrayal of Rita on those shows. And then I saw her in Jawbreaker, and I didn't like her much more. And then I've seen her here. So now she is always Julie Benz. <laughs> this. <laughs> I got it. Um, what did you think of the the twist at the beginning, where you know you think that the guy is going to be the the bad guy, and then the twist? It you was like a good it? twist. Yeah, it was a good yeah. twist. What do you, What do you think of how vampires look on Buffy, like the forehead ridges? And it, it, it's you know something I haven't really seen in other vampire shows, movies. I have. I have seen, uh, uh, now you're going to ask me where. Uh, oh, in um, The Lost Boys from the 80s. They kind of looked like that. Um, you know, the effects, you know, they're very practical effects, I think, as far as the, the makeup jobs, you know, but it was fine. Didn't bother me. I think The Lost Boys for me is like the Julie Benz for you. Really? I did. I mean, I didn't watch that movie till last year. It was the first time I ever saw it, but after hearing so much about it for so many years, I was very disappointed. I Except for the one guy playing the saxophone. Yeah, that's like Ooh, he's coming through on tour soon. <laughs> he is. Yeah, it is. that's what he does. He tours. He's probably in his 60s now. He probably just still takes off his shirt and gets rubbed down in oil and plays that song. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So let me say. So the and Julie's the vampire. Yuck. Bites him. And then it moves into, and we get a dream sequence. Mm-hmm. And then she wakes up and heads off to school. Mm-hmm. Gets dropped off by her mom. As we all do. I was going to say, did you get dropped as, off? As 30-year-olds going to high school. Uh, she was not 30 <laughs> when it was filmed. Uh, I think she's one of the few who actually looks the right age mm-hmm. at this time. Mm-hmm. Did you Did you get driven to school a lot? I tried. I lived two miles from my high school, and so the idea was I would walk to and from. But boy, did I try and scam rides whenever I could. I'm sure. Yeah. Until I got my car. Yep. We meet Xander. All right. (laughs) Have you ever met someone named Xander? I know it's short for Alexander, but how many Alexanders do you know that don't go by Alex? They go by Xander. It's a very 90s show. Yes, it is. That's definitely a very 90s name. Mm Mm-hmm. He looks like a very generic 90s guy. Right. In there. Yes. Agreed. Yeah. You know, they bump into each other, literally. He helps her pick up her stuff, Mm -hmm. and she leaves behind her steak. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) Which is the most, the steak looks like, it doesn't look like it's been carved. It looks like it was poured into a mold. (laughs) It's like the most perfect steak ever. Then we meet Cordelia. Yeah, so Cordelia, okay, so I've only seen this one episode, yep. and she was like the Draco Malfoy. I'm going to show you who you should like. That's a good and then analogy. she's like, and then, but Buffy is like, oh, I'm going to make my own decision because mm-hmm. she's Harry Potter in this scenario. Which, yeah, I, I think it's interesting that she was so willing to be friendly with Buffy right away. Like, here, come share my book. Right. And she leaves it right. I her textbook had a book cover on it. 
Remember making book covers? Oh, out of paper bags. Yes. Yes. Mine never lasted. Mine oh. would fall off. I oh. secondly. That's because by the time you came around and it was your generation that the book covers, the paper bags were less uh, sturdy. Right. Than, you know, the old days when I made them. Yes. Yeah. And burlap. <laughs> yes. I noticed on the board in that scene was her and uh, Buffy and Cordelia, the, the teacher had written just three words, the Black Death. Okay. That's a good detail. I did not notice. Yeah. Do you know what the Black Death was caused by? No. A bacteria called Yersinia pestis. And you know that only because you're a lab technician. Exactly. Technologist. Te oh, sorry. All right. People like me aren't supposed to know that. No, absolutely no. not. Okay. I just thought it was funny the, right. the board had just three words. The Black Death. <laughs> In cursive. Very nice cursive. And that's <laughs> it. Cordelia goes off into the hallway of Buffy and we meet Willow. The water phone. Who is very much like the timid, like, uh, no. Nice to see you see on the softer side of series. Yeah. Oh, that's I do cool. like that line. I love it. Do you remember that? Oh, I'm Do you remember totally that ad campaign? Oh, okay. Yeah. Come yeah. see the softer side of Sears. Yep. Every time that we went to the local mall, we always would park outside the Sears. Mm -hmm. So, mm -hmm. yes, I remember it. Was. That's the best parking because nobody is there. Exactly. Yes. Yes. Um, then Buffy heads to the library. It's a big library. Let's talk, like, can we go back a second um, to the whole idea of Cordelia just walking up to her and being like, oh, you're the new kid. I'm going to take you under my wing. Right. Like, this seems like a pretty big school. Well. That, like you said, like, it's very interesting that she just went up to her. She going to pay any attention to this new person. Right. Same with, it seems like uh, very interesting to me that um, those two girls in the locker room, am I getting ahead of things? I'll, I'll, a little bit. If that's so, okay. uh, the, the, but that was kind of the thought I had. Like, they're like, ooh, did you see the new girl? Like, nobody's paying attention to the one new girl in this giant school. That's fair. Okay. I agree. Yeah, All right. Yeah. And how did they find out so much by, like, right. the third theory? Right. Ah, okay. Because it's in the script. Yes. Suspension of disbelief. Exactly. All right. Oh, you do have to do this, We're gonna, this show. A lot. Yeah. Okay. So Buffy heads to the library. Yes. It's a very nice looking library. My high school library did not look that nice. No, mine either. No, for sure. And it very so she walks in and she's like, "Hello, hello." <laughs> as you walk in, as you always walk into a library and do. Well, and you also go to the library to get textbooks. Apparently, I never did that. Apparently, so she meets Giles, mm -hmm. British man. Yes, very reserved. Um, Anthony Stewart Head. Yes. So, um, I looked him up because I know him from um, um, Repo the Genetic Opera. Yes. And so I was doing my little IMDb lookup of him. And uh, the one thing that I loved about him, he was in a show back before he came over to the U.S. He was in a show called Cat's Eyes. Okay. Cat's Eyes from 1985 to 87. Cat's was uh, uh, an abbreviation, C-A-T-S, that stood for Covert Activities Thames Section. What was the T? Thames. Thames. Oh, the, the river. Thames to okay. the river. Okay. That's what he said. Um, but it was like these foxy 80s ladies. They were like the super spies, detectives. Oh, he was in that show. We're going to have to watch it. Absolutely. Do you remember him from the, uh, the was it Taster's Choice, Folgers, or the International Coffees? No. Yes, he's in a series of commercials oh. from the, the 90s. I'll, I'll see if I can find him. I know he was also in Rocky Horror Picture Show, some iteration of that. Mm -hmm. Interesting. And then had a varied career. Yes, and then after Buffy, I know him from uh, Rowan. Oh yeah, that's another show that you tried to get me to watch. You know, I, I thought I'll be okay if you don't watch that. Okay, okay. yeah. Uther 
Uther Pendragon? Uther Pendragon, yeah. So they're talking, Buffy and Giles, and then he whips out the giant vampire. He's really fox. fast to whip that out, like, him on the on the desk. What do you think is in that book? That's a big book. I would imagine it's like the history and lore of all the vampires throughout, you know, the world. Now, but what I wonder is, like, is he the only Watcher? She's the one Slayer, right? There's one Slayer. It's like Highlander, and he's the one Watcher. Well, and so this really is much the of... book. So I would say this is much of a spoiler, but there are other Watchers out there because. Yeah, you know, since there is only one girl in all the world, there have to be other watchers ready in case her and Slayer dies. So there are other watchers. Okay. But maybe each one of them have a copy of the Giant Vampire book. I don't know. That looked like it didn't look like a copy. It looked like the book. It was not for random. It was publishing. a big book, yeah. Yes, it was a big book. She doesn't like it. <laughs> she is she's not happy. Jump back. Yes. <laughs> yeah. And then ran away. Ran away. Yeah. And then we go to the locker room where the two girls are talking. Oh, my God. Again. The new girl. The chatter and the cat. Yeah, the chatter. They're throwing around that lingo, man. Again. Never seen it's, it. it's eye roller. Yes. It's eye, a lot of eye roller. And then what were the, the adjectives? Or I don't know. Pause. Neg. Neg. Pause. No. Just <laughs> no. Again, very 90s. But not very 90s because you were in school in the 90s. Nobody talked like that. Not at least not on Long Island. That means somebody had to go out and do research. Like, what are the kids saying? Where did they go to do this research? Oh, no. And, uh, let's hope they're still not saying those. Like some Hollywood lot. Probably. Where they were shooting another high school show. So, I don't know. This, this is a... <laughs> these, old. I don't know. Yeah, it came from somewhere. They ran Not over, a high school. They ran over to Saved by the Bell, the new class. <laughs> and just listen to it. <laughs> Maybe. So dead guys fall out of the locker <laughs> onto, onto Neg and Paz yes. and stringing occurs. And then that scene ends. We move on to outdoors and we meet Jesse, Eric Balfour. So Eric Balfour, I think in my mind, I had mixed up with that guy that was in, was it 90210 or Melrose Place? And he's now a cult leader. Well, he has some kind of wellness group in California. Okay. It's not him. But Eric Balfour, I guess he's like kind of, uh, is he supposed to be like a loser kind of dude? Like, he's trying, he's hitting on Cordelia really hard and she wants nothing to do with him, which makes me think he must be. Yeah, I mean, I think he's he's supposed to be like another Xander, uh. you know, kind of a, a bit of an outcast, but not very, like, he doesn't stand out. Okay. Which, I, you know, I don't know much anymore about uh, high school politics. That was a very long time ago for me. But I'm looking at these kids like, why are these kids out liars or outcasts? They, I mean, I mean, Willow, she's very pretty. Yes. <laughs> I don't know. Okay. Okay. And then Buffy finds out about the dead guy in the locker. Mm-hmm. Freaks out, runs. Well, you know, because word spreads so fast to this high exactly. school. <laughs> They've moved on from Everybody the new knows everything. They don't care about the chatter in the cafe anymore. <laughs> now it's dead guy in the locker. Yes. And so she runs back to the library and confronts Giles. Mm-hmm. And She's like, I had second thoughts. Yep. Guy with big tone. And then he says the, the words, because you are the Slayer. Yes. And in every generation, Slayer is born. And she's a, she's not having it. She's not happy. Would well, you be she happy? Be, no, that now she's back where she started. Right. Then we meet the master, coming out of the pile of red Kool-Aid. Okay, the master. Played by um, Mark Metcalf. Yep. 
who I know from uh, Animal House. I did not know that. Niedermeyer and and and, and then uh, in Twisted Sister videos where he plays again the same role. Uh, you did there a pin on your uniform? You're worthless and weak. That's that's the bastard. They never explain why he's coming up out of the puddle of red Kool-Aid. No. It's it's a little unusual, I felt. Is it supposed to be blood? I guess. Or just sludge? Uh, bloody sludge. I, and also, like, he's supposed to be kind of, he's supposed to be menacing, right? Because yeah. he's like the ultimate boss bad guy. Mm-hmm. But he's like also kind of like weirdly effeminately, like, funny. Yes. And I'm jumping back to the movie version of this also. I thought it was interesting because Rutger Hauer was kind of the same, like kind of campy. Campy, yeah. Okay, so is that the tone of this show? Is it supposed to be campy? Is it supposed to be scary and serious? I guess we'll have to watch further. I guess so. All right. I'm an enormous slut. (laughs) Okay, I will say I did laugh out loud when she said that. Would you like a copy of The Watchtower? That made me laugh. I made Joyce her mom. Yeah, okay. I like generic nineties show mom. Absolutely. Do you know what she is from from the early nineties? I have no idea. Honey, I shrunk the kids. Was she was the mom in Honey I Shrunk the Kids? Or she was she the girl? Was she the teenage girl? No, no I think she was she was the the, the She wasn't the mom. No, Arlie Kozak was the mom. mom. She was the friend's mom. Okay, I got it. All right. I just feel like since you're dropping all the IMDb facts on me, I needed to give you one. Okay. And Buffy meets Angel. Which seemed very weird and random to me, only because I know Angel had his own show, and so he must later on be much a much bigger part of this whole thing, right? But it was like, uh, we got to throw him in there. Yes. That's what it felt like to me. To me, the the best part of that scene when she's doing the... uh, and stand, I guess, on top of the pipe above him, mm-hmm. like perfectly at, uh, <laughs> perfectly straight. That's some skills. I cannot do that. Um, I don't think Sarah Michelle Gellar can do that either. <laughs> and then your favorite place, the bronze. Yeah. Okay. So are they serving alcohol to these kids? <laughs> are they paying to get into this club? What's going on in this club? It's not clear. Like I know when they're older, like above twenty one, they're drinking. But I don't know if at this point, like, is it is it high school night? They did not stamp her hand when she walked in there. She just ran into that club. And what are they? What's going on in there? I don't know. I never went to a club like that. I think we had one club that they tried to uh, have the college or the uh, high school kids go to. They closed very quickly because you do not make money selling soda pops <laughs> to kids. I don't know. I, I agree. Nothing like that. No. Where, where I grew up either. Mm, interesting. What? Maybe it's a California thing. Oh. <laughs> One of the lines that Buffy says when she's talking to Willow is something that I, I say a lot, which is life is short. Seize the moment because tomorrow you may be dead. Do you say it because of this show? Oh, absolutely. that's where you. Oh, okay. Yes, yes, hundred percent. It's a good saying. Yep. Uh, you know, it'd be good if we could uh, all adhere to that. I do not. I mean, I, I'm not saying I do it all the time, but I, I would try keep, to remember it. Yes, try to keep it in the back Let's of my mind. So Willow takes that saying to heart. She goes off with a dude. She grabs that dude, and she's gonna live for today. She is seized. 
She's living for tonight. And then Jesse's there. <laughs> uh, Jesse's there with your favorite. Julie Benz. Julie Benz. Yeah. And then they transition into vampires with some really bad effects. And that, yeah, so you just showed me that transition again. And I've seen better transitions on TikTok. <laughs> I think they're It's bad. It's late 90s. I don't care. I don't care. It is bad. <laughs> it was. It doesn't help that it's that it's her. What? I, what is it? I don't know what it is that I don't like about her. There's Her voice annoys me. Anyway. Well, you'll get to see her character development. That's right. Yes. Darla. I want to say when, so when the transition, Julie Benz transitions into the vampire form and they're in this tomb thing, this is the cleanest tomb I've ever seen. And so I just also want to say about the sets, I hope they get better. They do. <laughs> because they're really bad. Yeah. Not not a lot of, of detail. No. There's no there's no like no. leaves in the corner. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We haven't got to the part yet where she goes underground, right? No, right. No, okay. I got things to say. Okay. All right. So thankfully Buffy shows up. Yes. To save the day. Yeah. Which happens often. A Lois Xander in tow. That's what she does. That is what she does. There's some fighting. Yes. What do you think of the fight scenes? Is it the same as what your overall opinion? Yeah. Yes. Yes. I will say they can better. They get better. They okay. Get better. Good. Yeah. Yeah. It, well, and this is my general complaint for fight scenes in TV shows uh, as a whole is like she gets slammed into this big cement slab casket thing and then just jumps up and keeps fighting. You know, I mean, like you get slammed into a wall, you're down. Well, I know I would be down. I mean, yeah, she's the slayer, but she's still a just a human girl right uh don't spoil it for me but okay i i think in in the the movie and i don't know they've really said it on the show yet but does she she have like completely like super strength no but the healing is a little a little faster all right well there's other people getting slammed around and they're jumping up and getting running out of this place pretty good too i mean adrenaline will take you probably pretty far but yeah i don't know i I all right. That's fair. Okay. Suspend your disbelief. That's right. Jesse, Willow, and Xander get out of the crypt or tomb. Mm-hmm. Not sure which one it is. Mm-hmm. Buffy's fighting the vampire. He throws her into the... I think that's the tomb. Which she gets... Uh, the big cement casket thing. Yeah, big cement casket thing. That is a little scary. With, especially with a skeleton no, there. Not even that, but like... Being in there, you can't, it's like being in an MRI machine. Like, you can't see around you. You don't know if that guy is gone. That part was a little scary for me. Yeah. But then you know he is there. You know. You know there's got to be one more jump scare. And he jumps in, and then we get the... And then he goes like he's going to eat the camera. (laughs) (laughs) And then a clip hangs. To be continued. And I think I might have gone, are you kidding me? That's how they drew. They who get, does that in a first episode? That's how they called the viewers in. They did, because I had to immediately watch the next episode. Damn it, Sean! It worked. <laughs> so, uh, thanks for listening. Yeah, we're next episode coming up. The harvest. See ya. Bye. 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 Bye.